and welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and we're sponsored again today by Caterpillar and 4ConstructionPros.com. We have in our studios today three of our experts, and uh, you know them. Many of you, if you've listened to our podcast, you know how much information you really can get out of just 15 or 20 minutes. First joining us is Jason Hurtis. He is the Caterpillar Global Market Professional. Jason, how are we today? Good, Brad. How are you doing? Doing great. We have Lonnie Fritz. Lonnie is our Senior Market Professional of Construction Industries. Lonnie, how are you doing today? Doing well, Brad, and I hope you're the same. And rounding out our team is Scott Hageman, Senior Market Professional with a specialty in the grade control technology. Scott, how are you today? Excellent, Brad. How are you doing? Very good. If you were able to catch our first podcast, uh, this is actually part two to getting the most out of machine features. Now, if you haven't listened to it, you can still listen to this one. You don't have to go back and listen to the other one first, but it probably will help. Joining us today uh, to our group is Chris Seeger. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great. Glad to be here, Brad. Thank you. Chris is a uh, represents the contractors, and he is actually the corporate fleet maintenance manager for PaveCon, a large contractor in the Dallas, Texas area, has about eight or nine locations throughout the Southwest. So we're certainly glad he's here today. And just to give some questions and maybe some perspectives from the field. Guys, when we left off in part one, I wanted to bring back maybe just a little bit of a, of a refresher there. You know, one of the things that does become apparent as a contractor is how do they stay atop of some of the improvements uh, or any of the equipment configuration that just seems to continue to happen, certainly on an annual basis, uh, but sometimes more than that. Uh, Lonnie, start us out. How, what would be some advice as refreshing some of our contractors? And we have some that, of course, didn't listen to the first part. What might be some things that the contractor could do to stay on top of some of the issues that are changing in the equipment? Yeah, there's a few things, Brad, that come to the top of my mind, and, and that is leverage the dealer network. Leverage the relationship you have with the personnel at the dealership, uh, including your salesman. If you do not have a relationship with your dealer that may be as repetitive or as frequent um, with all the ever-changing uh, things in the industry, with maybe your territory and, and hopefully uh, which is an uptick in the economy, also with our machines and our technology, it takes a greater um, interaction with those people at the dealership to really understand what it is we're bringing. Uh, we're continuing to upgrade machines update the technology and uh, continuing to bring out what we call APUs. Those are annual product updates, usually around the month of October, depending on the product, which brings more and more features uh, into the machine. So it, it's very, uh, very critical um, to stay atop of what's coming out here um, because they are all um, ease of use features and benefits uh, to help you get your work done more accurately, quicker, and thus hopefully more profitable. Chris Seeger, with, with you online with us today, you know, from a contractor's perspective, how important is what Lonnie just shared? How important is that to you who, who oversee hundreds of pieces of equipment? Yeah, it's very important. And I, you know, I just can't emphasize enough getting with your dealer and building that relationship. Um, I mean, Kat has just been great and Holt, particularly in Dallas and, uh, you know, training us, showing us the new features, um, you know, just really they just have a lot of knowledge on that. So getting with your local dealer is huge for me. Jason, as we look at this topic, I know there's examples out there. Can you share any that, that might be, uh, might help maybe make, make more clear 
the importance for that relationship and what should that relationship really be looking at doing? I will try. I mean, the first relationship that most people have with any equipment dealers, their salesmen, that's usually who they get partnered with first to help them configure, inspect the machine, get the technology that they need. That, that should be a million different questions both ways from the salesman to the contractor and back. Um, after that, then the PSSR or parts and service rep at the dealership, you know, doing the checking on the machines, making sure that the machines are running properly, certified dealer instructors um, from the dealership that will come out and train the particular operators, um, you know, upon delivery and then do follow-up training. Um, The other thing I don't want to dismiss or overlook is the power of YouTube. A lot of things uh, we're posting the YouTube, quick videos, operator tips and tricks, you know, how to measure up your bucket for grade control on an excavator. And I know people go to YouTube for, you know, fixing their faucets at home, other things. And Caterpillar as a manufacturer has kind of jumped on that same bandwagon. So you'll find a lot of information, uh, quick tip videos, videos on how to, you know, upgrade your software, how to do bucket measure ups, how to program your grade control systems out on YouTube as well to supplement, um, you know, what our dealers can deliver, um, what the contractors need. You know, sometimes they're at home thinking, well, tomorrow I got a job with grade control. I haven't ran grade control in, in a month. I wonder if I can remember it. Well, if they go to YouTube, we'll walk them through how to set it up, how to use it and everything, you know, so they don't have to wait on the dealer to get out there to help them. So, yeah. Yeah. Chris, it's interesting as, as uh, Jason was talking about that, I wondered from your perspective, um, have you had some challenges along that line uh, and, and, and maybe a little bit on the dealer side, but also on your company side, the guys that are actually learning it? Uh, where might be some areas of that are challenges or what are some opportunities for improvement here? Yeah, you know, that's one thing, you know, I don't think that we, we really utilize YouTube enough. Um, you know, I, I particularly hop on CAT and learn about the technologies and whatnot, but from definitely from an operator standpoint, I will definitely be pushing that YouTube and, and trying to find those videos because that is definitely something, you know, if we haven't used it in a while, or maybe it's a piece that we're renting with GPS on it, we really, you know, just the support from the dealer is great, but also, um, like I said, just hopping on YouTube and doing a quick, quick refresher. So, um, for me, that's really, that's, that's a great takeaway that I'm going to be, I'm going to use and, uh, put, put to work in the field. That's perfect. Scott, I know that in, in, uh, our companion, um, podcast in part one, I think you talked about, uh, some of the things you're doing, refresh our memories. What are you guys doing as it relates to grade control technology uh, how are you introducing that when 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 a customer comes on board? What's the process they go through, and what are the things that you would recommend contractors to look at uh, in order to make a good and wise choice? Yes, Brad, we are changing the way we're help helping educate the customer or contractor on the ben- benefits we have on these machines. Uh, as been stated before, we have these annual product updates on the machines themselves, but as far as the grade control tablet that software is actually updated quarterly so we have quarterly updates on that so a lot of features and benefits get added overnight literally that you might not realize to help the contractor we have quick reference cards we've got omms operation manuals maintenance manuals that are built into the display we've got some help guides so um, all of a sudden you have a question and you can pick and click on the question mark and all of a sudden pops up a help guide and 
guide you through some of these things that Chris is talking about, the, the customers that are running GPS and might forget how to do something. The other thing is some of our machines now are getting so sophisticated that they actually have the ability to get to on the internet and get some of these YouTube videos and instructional videos to help them while they're physically sitting in the seat of that machine, because that's mostly when you want the help. It's not when you're at home sitting in your backyard on your porch swing. You know, it's right. when you're in the machine and you want to figure out how to select alignment or how to put an offset in. So we're being, we're changing the way we've got uh, training and being a lot faster to get this information out to the customers. Chris, I want to throw this question at you, but actually I'm setting you up because I'd like for the three guys to possibly respond to that and see how close you are. When you buy or rent or lease a piece of a, a new equipment, what take us through the steps you actually try to follow, uh, no matter what division that that equipment is going to be assigned to. What do you try to push and what are the steps you follow? And let's see how close it is to what, uh, what these guys might think is, is a good, good process to follow. Yeah, you know, when we uh, when we purchase a new piece of equipment or, you know, the the day one delivery. So, you know, new new equipment delivery is uh, is really important getting getting our dealer out there and, and training our guys and then uh, the follow up. So, you know, we always try to do uh, the first day it's on the job site and then maybe a week after that we'll get somebody out there from the dealer as well just to continue his training. You might not be able to get it all on the first day, but um, if we can get uh, the support for uh, a couple days out there and then, you know, a week or so later, we just got so many questions um, with this new equipment that uh, they can really support us. Guys, why don't you respond to that? Is, is, is Chris online? And I mean, if this, if this represents many things that contractors are doing, is there anything they're missing? Is there anything they could be accessing that they're not? They could be? Yeah, you know, Brad, I led a global project here at the launch of the Next Generation Excavator, specifically the 20-ton, and we called it the three technology pillars. It starts with us at the dealer or the dealership, our dealerships, and what we call the PDI, the pre-delivery inspection, making sure that machine is completely inspected and ready for mm -hmm. when it does go out to Chris or to our customer mm -hmm. in the field in what we call the machine delivery process, then delivering that machine to them. The third and final pillar is just that, the first follow-up visit, whether it's 50 hours in, 100 hours in, one week, uh, based on the customer um, and making sure we answer the remaining questions they may have at that given time and continue to watch that or walk that educational journey with them. Again, to underscore a few important things, we are putting more memory into the monitors than ever before. The reason being is we're loading more content into there. By law, we have to put the O&MM book in there, but we're putting a lot of that information right in the monitor as well. Please do yourself a favor, get in there as an operator, fleet manager, any customer, navigate the monitor, understand what all is in there, and really be able to extract out those features. Because like Scott said, we're putting more and more in there. We want to make sure you are getting the ultimate full value from them. Another little twist I want to add here is how do we get information from the expert or the competent person within the in the contractor's uh, uh, team out to the operator. Leverage mm. technology, leverage FaceTime, leverage Zoom, leverage those other audio visual tools where you may not be able to have the time to drive right out there, but have that live session and interact with each other to help them navigate through the screen. So I know I threw a lot of different things there, but That's it's good. all around that training and features and understanding. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges I've seen 
um, kind of a question maybe out to Chris is it sounds like they're doing such a great job in this in this uh, arena of machine delivery and understanding utilization. How do you get that cascaded across your entire organization? And that's what our dealers are continuing to try to crack that nut is I get the one operator that's assigned to the machine that day that had the, the luxury of pulling the plastic off the seat. But who runs it tomorrow? and next week? And how do we make sure that that information is being uh, shared throughout the organization and the hierarchy? Yeah. Hey, Lonnie, I'll follow up on that. You know, I mentioned this in the first podcast, but, you know, we've had this Weiler paver in Jackson for a couple of years and we've uh, we had some new guys uh, since then and uh, we wanted to cross train. So we got Puckett out there and we did we did kind of demo. We called it demo day, but it was a couple hours of uh, running sand through the paver and um, got everybody back up to speed. They could answer questions. Um, like I said, Puckett was there and, and it was really helpful for keeping these guys, these guys trained and sharp on the paver. Chris, let me ask you a question from a contractor's perspective. There's so much information, so much knowledge that's being embedded into the software, the technology that's available in, in many cases right on the piece of equipment. Is that is that taken root yet for operators that you've experienced or is it still dependent upon the hands-on, primarily the hands-on learning? Are they learning from the, the YouTubes? Can't, are they learning from the, the software that's being made available to them? You know, I think a little bit of that's generational. So definitely we see some of the younger guys just hopping on YouTube, you know, hopping on uh, any of the videos and just learning that stuff. But I think it's a, it's a combination of both. It's it's getting the, the, the FaceTime, the one-on-one training, and also, you know, following it up with the video. I think if we can get get multiple aspects of training in there, I think that it will um, it'll hold a lot better. So I think what I'm hearing you say is there's kind of a, a level, a multiple level approach that we're going to have to use. And, and I definitely agree with you. I think as the new generations come on board, there's just a little bit more comfort with certainly more of the more of the uh, YouTube and the high tech approach versus just hands on only. And, and quite honestly, the equipment's gotten more complicated to run in one sense, in one sense. Um, but there's so much of it that that's done uh, that's done uh, almost uh, nationally. Jason, any th- any additional thoughts you have on that? Just a couple. One, I think Chris is doing it right. I think he's learning much like we are and everybody else. There's a combination to getting the most out of your machines and features. Some of it can be done over a video. Some of it's got to be done in the cab with a person standing next to you. Some of it's got to be through a, through a mentoring type program. Um, I think people learn differently. I know I'm a visual person. You can tell me something, but if you can show me, I got it. And I think we got to remember to to take that into account because a lot of people are the same. Yeah. And again, the the machine arrival delivery and then the follow up that Chris mentioned again, I think is key. Give those operators a, a couple days or a week or pick a time f- frame that works for you and your dealer, but have them come back again because that operator is going to learn a lot about that machine, ask more questions, and and then they be able to expand upon the training and the capabilities of that machine for the contractor. Awesome. Scott, I'll leave you, uh, let you have some final words. Do you have anything else you can add? Two words, cat products. That's where we need to go <laughs> into the YouTube channel. And that's going to get you your videos to give you all this yeah. information. So pull up YouTube, go to cat products, do a search, and you will have a lot of valuable information out there for you to educate yourself. That's great. Appreciate that, Scott. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I, I think you've been, you've enriched a little bit more discussion here because of your hands-on experience right now. And all, as always, thanks to the team, Jason, Lonnie, and Scott, you guys were awesome. 
Contractors, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, and again, I just want to remind you, if you didn't listen, there was a part one to this. So be, make sure you go back and listen to the first one as well. Um, listen to them out of order. There really is no order. We just approach some different topics. Again, our main purpose through these podcasts is to help you be the best that you can be. So hopefully through the listening to this, hopefully you can play it back again. Take the information, take some of the learning points, even hurt some from a from a contractor and what he's trying to do with his operators uh, to help their uh, organization be more profitable and productive. Thank you again for listening to us. Our goal is to help you be the best. Best of luck to you as you move throughout the rest of this year. Want more tips from Caterpillar experts? Go to cat.com and select the construction industries page. In fact, look for experts, tips, tech, and tools to find out more information.